shut up, you listen to my monkey mouth. As a companion, when you got pun on the canoe route, popped in a portal and got in a fight. Elias knocked him out. Bow, Marco fighting style. Bow, you'll see he tapped out. Bow, we win, we get crowned. Monkey mouth, monkey mouth, monkey mouth, monkey mouth. Alrighty, everybody, welcome back to the Ones Who Woke Up podcast. This is Joshua, as always, and it's not out I've got with me. Austin Apostle. And? Gage Mora. And so, where can people find y'all online? What do y'all have going on? To, like, let everybody kind of know who you are real quick. I, uh, I just do, I do stand-up, and my Instagram got hacked a few months ago, so you could find me vaguely on Instagram at Austin Apostle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, kind of, there's like a photo. Yeah, there's like a photo on there, yeah. Uh, my name is Gage Morrow. I'm the editor in queef of the Weekly Wiper, which is a satirical magazine. Which uh, hand these copies around to y'all. Oh fuck yeah! Promotional material. Zine. Yeah. It's a it's a zine I make uh, every every First week. Yeah. It's a zine. Uh, yeah, it's like a self published magazine. Uh, you can oh, find it at theweeklywiper.com or at the underscore weekly underscore wiper on Instagram. Although all the articles are available. On theweeklywiper.com. It's a satirical magazine I produce every week. Austin actually wrote in this last uh, edition, and get page five is always for a guest. This is fucking awesome. So, so like this is cool as shit. <laughs> yeah, it's Zine. It's a it's a uh, count typically a countercultural. Uh, it's it's satire. I like news. I like satire. I like writing satire. So I thought I might, might as well make my own magazine. Now I got my own website for it. So check it out, theweeklywiper.com. Uh, I just wrote a non-satirical piece. It's all right. You can just read more about it. Go to theweeklywiper.com. That's no one gives a shit about the non-satire, bro. Yeah, it's a 1,500-word <laughs> essay on the downfall of Austin as a city, and, you know, it's a whole thing. Just read about it. It's on uh, the, yeah. the Weekly Wiper. The it's called The Waxing is that, Wiper. Is that really what it's about? Yeah, well, this is... So, I wrote satire, 250-word articles. So, comics, if you want to write... Tw- I pay 20 bucks for 250 words. Uh, every week is always for a guest. And uh, it's off of a topic. This week's topic's manufacturing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the non-satirical piece is part of a monthly magazine I've started called The Waxing Wiper, which I release under a waxing gibbous, which is the moon phase right before a full moon. So every month under a waxing gibbous, I release The Waxing Wiper. This month's is called Keep Austin Wealthy, How Austin Lost Its Halloween Spirit. And it's about the closing down of Lucy in Disguise with Diamonds on South Congress. Mm -hmm. And I talked with the store managers, uh, Emily and Jerry, about their experience running that store. And it shutting down as a larger reflection of the consumer behavior in Austin, leading to just luxury apartments and nothing cool left in that fucking city. Well, I don't know if it's, I don't know if I'm prepared to blame consumers for the way things are. Because in my in my world, and I've, I was born in Brackenridge Hospital in Austin, Texas. I've here, lived here my whole life. And the thing that's changed in Austin is the influx of private equity into the city. For sure, for sure. Like, and that's and so whenever, it, and so, it's a matter of trying to make the tail wag the dog. You yeah, feel me? Like, yeah, it's it's a chicken are, and egg situation exactly. too. Exactly. People are people are responding to the type of consumer environment that's being created in Austin, right? And so it's difficult for there there's a, an expectation that's being created and developed by the private equity firms that are moving into town and taking over all the small businesses and stuff. I think they smell blood in the water for sure. I think yeah, the tourists yeah. put the chum there and then the sharks swim in and they're just eating up everything that's yeah. left there. I mean the secret's out on Austin. The secret's out. It, it used to be 
a big city with a small town feel, and now yeah. it's just like every other metropolitan city, in my opinion. Um, it's still got some neatness to it, but like, you know, they say it's the live music capital of the world. There are fewer live music venues in Austin today than there were 20 years ago, and the population is damn near triple. Yeah. And so the, the, the number of live music venues per unit capita is way off now. Like, I, I, don't even, I don't even like that title for the city anymore because it doesn't feel right. Back in my day, whenever I was first coming up, you walk down 6th Street, there were open doors everywhere. And you just walk in anywhere had music playing. You just get to walk in and get to listen to music. And now, you know, $20 cover. And, you know, it's just, again, equity moved in and, you know, kicked out the small mom and pops who were letting bands play for free so that they could court people off the street. You know? Yeah. So. And then the places left have to charge the $20 to compete with the next trendy bar that's going to come in and usurp them. Exactly, yeah. Because they're going to be gutted. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, again, they're having to follow the trends in the industry. And the, ends, and the trends in the industry are set by people who were able to spend more money if only there was a way to commodify homeless people austin would be the sixth street would be the richest street in all of america i actually have an idea for a charity called building bridges okay and it's uh building bridges that take you where you're going not to sleep under Mm. and i have this idea that if you're habitually homeless that in and of itself should be evidence enough for us to be able to, to to determine that you're disabled you literally tried your best and weren't able enough to keep a roof over your head congrats you tried let's Mm -hmm. take care of you now and the big problem for me is that a lot of these folks you know there's a ton of different things that lead into you becoming homeless right there's a million different paths right but the point is that a lot of these people are either so sick that they don't realize that they're sick or are so sick that they don't realize that there's access that there's actual help available to them and then also a lot of these folks don't have that. They're homeless. You have to have an ID if you want to go through the Social Security Disability System. Yeah. So if you ain't got a home, if you ain't got an address to list on an ID, you're not going anywhere. The whole thing stops right there. And so I, I think that what we need is like a network of people who can go out and bridge the gap between these people who are clearly disabled and the type of benefits that we as a society have erected up for them that they're just too unhealthy to recognize that they either are in need of or qualify for. I think there's what also they like start abusing the system. Though? Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. We're already paying for it. Would you rather would you rather us pay extra money on the back end for them to go live in a tiny home out in the middle of nowhere? Or would you rather pay for it by smelling their stinking shit on the side of the road and looking at their fucking tent city? This guy does have on- a lot to say about piss. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> you got a piss and shit bit. No, I'm no, saying no, that's. I just piss a lot. Listen, well, no, not that. I'm just saying when we're walking down the street, you're like, oh, jeez. Oh yeah, yeah, no, you definitely get hit by a wave of piss. Oh, I, don't like, like, I, I don't like going downtown no more because I. Listen. It smells like one big turtle. Well, listen, guys, but I'm, I mean, you're I'm basically a... paying for someone else's failure at that point. No, I mean not all. I, don't get me wrong. There's obviously some sort of like mental illness with a lot of them, but there's a lot of them that are just like drug addicts. You don't think that that's uh, that's not a disease? That's not something that we need to be helping. Uh, yeah, so how do you feel about this? <laughs> I mean, I, I know personally, like I have a lot of friends that were drug addicts, and like I would not say it's a disease. I, you know, I think I, I see. <laughs> I, I see that I'm of I have, I'm, I am of two of Maybe it's it's because I feel like it Austin, can be a disease, but it can also just be like you know. Austin also so attracts. So you'd rather let people fucking fuck up our city and not help them, right? It's it's easier to just say fuck it. 
and let them be fucking derelict on the side of the road and it not be your problem until it's your problem, right? Like, if no. someone wants to stab you on the side of the road, well, then I mean, it can yeah, be your problem. Then, yeah, if that's then it can be your the problem. only other option, then, yeah. But I think there's... I am of two minds of this, because if there's some of your friends that if they were here, they would end up homeless, because they're like, oh, fuck, of course I'm going to do this instead. <laughs> but then you get further outside of a city, it becomes increasingly impossible to be homeless. So then you just, like... Right. Then you're like, all right, I guess I'll work at the mill, but also do math on the side. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I, I think it's tough because I think also Austin attracts. It's not really a black and white like a, thing, I guess is what yeah. I'm saying. But if you, it's absolutely true. Austin also is like a magnet for mental health crises too, because like, that's another thing too. Like I feel yeah. like I walk around the homeless here hit different. Because when I was in Boston, like it was there's a lot of homeless people too, but also like affordable housing. Obviously, that's the the hugest thing. Like trailer park rent has doubled, in some cases tripled across America. There's like one of the largest upward transfers of wealth pre-COVID, definitely during COVID, and now post-COVID, we're just seeing other mortgage schemes and interest rate hike schemes to shuffle wealth further up the chain of command. Mm -hmm. And affordable housing, people don't give a fuck about trailer parks, but it's like, that's kind of your last stop before homelessness too. Like fixed income, affordable housing, social security, disability. When that is like, all right, well, I can afford to live here. Then you take that away from like, well, all right, well... What are we going to do? Live like cockroaches? Yeah, exactly. Stack it, up in bedrooms, in cots? And that's what I'm saying. Like, definitely, it's got... Something's got to happen, for sure. It's in, in a, To solve a homelessness crisis would just be... It's going to sound... You would just have to throw money into a pit. But then, to your point, it's like to fix the problem that you're already complaining about. Yeah, because well, it's yeah. not like it's an investment. It's not it's going to come back to you. But that's not the point. It's not... You're not supposed to make money off the homelessness my crisis. Thing is, my no. thing is that we're already paying. Exactly. Like, these guys are already going to jail. That costs us. Yeah. Right? These guys yep. are already committing crimes. That costs us. These guys are already negatively affecting our ability to enjoy our walk down 6th Street. That costs <laughs> us. These guys are already trying to get upset at you if you won't pay them a dollar when they wash your windshield against your will. Right? <laughs> that true. costs it's us, bro. Like, like there are all these costs, and I would literally rather take a fraction of a percentage of the money going to the fucking military and repurpose it for getting people yeah. off the streets. That would have to be like a federal thing though, otherwise every yeah. homeless person would move to fucking Austin. Texas. That's true. Yeah, yeah, well I mean I, I think it should definitely be a federal thing, but again but I, then we I, take I, a, I, want, I want to privatize it. I literally can start in Austin doing building bridges and do it anywhere else, you know, copy yeah. and paste, you know. How long would it teach? Would it take to teach them how to fly a drone? Is my question. I think oh. we can start merging businesses here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can just turn it into a funnel to do my drone pilots. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> It wouldn't take very long, bro. You see, I was putting hotspots on homeless people, dude. Oh. That's so weren't they? Didn't they have like Wi-Fi? That's a thing. I think uh, in New York South they did by Southwest, that. Southwest, Southwest, they did that. I'm pretty sure. I saw they had, like Wi-Fi or hotspots. That's what it was. They yeah. just walking around like Flavor Flav with, with a giant <laughs> Verizon modem on their yeah, neck. Yeah, yeah. That's sound like a dial-up. I mean, they got to make like eighteen dollars for the week. Hi, Perfect. my name is Dave, dude. I, I would <laughs> probably. Yeah. It's like it sounds cruel, but it's also like it's a purpose. You know how yeah. how much more I work at Starbucks. You know how much more degrading that is. I'd rather work walk around with a fucking hotspot missing seven of my teeth than fucking have to make another caramel macchiato for someone in a fucking Tesla. I can tell you that much. A Caitlin who's going to get upset because you misspelled their name. Oh, dude, Caitlin's... Hey, Kate, by the way, anybody who's named Caitlin, you know what the fuck you're doing. So stop it. Hey, Caitlin. You either go by Katie, Kate, or shut the fuck up because there's too many Caitlins. Hey, Caitlin. Fuck you. Yeah, Caitlin. Don't listen to my fucking podcast. Her name's Caitlin. Fuck Eat a you better scrub your eat subscriber a, base for any Caitlin's. Eat a wiener. <laughs> yeah, so uh, 
So have either of you guys ever done any psychedelics? What y'all's what y'all's what y'all's experience with that? Um, acid and shrooms. Yeah. What's a? <laughs> he said what? that like that's it. <laughs> well, I mean, I've done other drugs, but psychedelics. Well, I mean, yeah, like y'all are talking to the the like swamp frog bro. Like y'all are like I'll go. I mean, I've done I'll, crack yeah. and heroin. Go, yeah, I'll, yeah, but we're talking about psychedelics. Yeah, I'll go. Yes. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, go I'll, I'll go. Yeah, I'll go scrape. I'll go scrape venom off the back of a toad and smoke that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're uh, named after the tree everyone goes to take psychs around. So like you know, I'm you're actually the, so I'm actually named after the guy who was playing the leading role in Guiding Light. <laughs> Which is a daytime soap opera that my mom was watching whenever she was having me. I was named after a Stephen King character from a book. That's yeah. cooler than I feel like that's way cooler than uh, Guy. Yeah, but it's the same like nerdiness. That's the gayest yeah. reason why my name is my name. Why is your well, you gotta spell? You can't. You can't give us blue balls on. No, no, like no. That. I'll elaborate. So, like, I had two older brothers, and my oldest was four letters. My next oldest was five letters, and my mom's like, I want. Uh, a kid's name with six letters, and that's why, and that's, and that's why my name's Austin. Dude, you never told me that. It's the fucking stupidest reason ever. That's so fucking. Your mom just like scrabble a lot. I just She's like, I want to get the six letters in a name. I'm like, all right, cool. I love and that. And everyone thinks it's because it's oh, uh, dude, named after Austin Crackers or Austin Texas or Stone Cold. No, it's fucking way worse. Wait, what's Stone Austin Cold. Crackers? It's a cracker company. I got a cracker company. Like, <laughs> I, I wish I had cracker money. Yeah. Jesus. So I got a cracker company and I'm a cracker. Yeah. yeah. So what uh, What do you think you prefer more, mushrooms or, or LSD? Uh, I've only done acid once, and I had the first two hours was a good experience, but I did it at a house party. Oh, no. Yeah. So, like, I did it at a house party where, like... Who are these people who are, like, misguiding... Oh, he's got bad friends. It was... Uh, yeah, I got some... <laughs> <laughs> this is why I was on the fence about that. Yeah, they're all gonna know. Some of them are pieces of shit. Trust me. But anyway, uh, no, he like convinced. He's like, yeah, man, it's gonna be fine. Like, it's you'll be fine. And he was gonna I, be like, around a whole bunch of weird energies. <laughs> the first two place hours you're not familiar with. First two hours, I did nothing but laugh. I had the time of my life. And then, uh, and then every, and then eventually, everyone at the party found out I was on acid, oh, and no. they all started just like fucking with me. Oh no, that's, that's so impolite. And then I fucking. And I was like, oh, I gotta get the hell out of here. I had my my brother because I had I played softball and I was getting picked up. I had a game at eight in the morning the next day, which is fucking ridiculous for a slow it, fucking slow ed coed softball beer league eight in the morning on a Sunday. That's that's a sin. But I had to get picked up to go do that, and I didn't even sleep and I had to play the game and like, it was just a horrible experience. But the first two hours was great. And shrooms I've done like a couple dozen times and I have never had a bad trip. I love them. So. What about you over there? What's, what, 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 what's, what type of experience do you have with psychedelics? I've had a very psychedelic experience with weed and then mushrooms. That I've never taken happen. acid. That can happen. So, so, so you, you, you were saying weed. before we got recording oh, that the yeah. first time you ever got high was on a 100 okay. milligram dose of, of cannabis edibles. So, to blast, start, yeah, blast yeah. off. At the age of 22, I got high for the very first time. High, because I've been drunk before. I'm late to the game on all drugs. What the fuck were you doing before that? Following the rules, man. I was oh such a God. sheltered kid. My, uh, I, I went to Germany when I was in high school. My senior year of high school, I went to Germany. And at that point, I was able to legally drink, because I was, I was 17, so I was able to drink beer and wine. I got drunk for the first time in Germany at the age of 17. So, like, I only got drunk when it was within the law. Um, not that I didn't do stupid shit and, like, wanted to break the rules. I just didn't have the access to it. My friend group was not... 
I went to a magnet school for math and science. My friend group wasn't the kind mm. of people. I knew one guy who smoked weed, and I never took him up on his offer because I really believed in all that dare shit. I bought into all of it. Yeah, yeah. You're, and my dad is a huge stoner. You were a good kid. The first time I ever saw weed in the wild was at a campground with my dad. He went to go. He would just had a pipe, and he was kept it on the tire of a fucking Chevy Envoy, and that was parked by the fucking campfire. And all the uh, only thing I've known of drugs is like CSI, NCIS, like all these crime shows. So I see a pipe, a glass pipe sitting on a tire, and I think it's a crack pipe. Because in my head, I'm like, the only time you need to smoke anything out of glass is crack. And so I would just go up to my dad, and I'm like, Dad, I think someone's smoking crack here. And then he's stoned out of his mind, and he just laughs in my face. He just la- like that. He laughs like an evil fucking maniac. Like, I'm seven years old, and my face is melting. I feel like I'm in a fucking nightmare. Like, I'm trapped in this campground. I don't know how to drive. And he's like, oh, that's just weed. And then he explains to me, and that's when I start learning about it. But all that to say, the first time I smoke weed is in Germany. And it's this guy named Oliver. And he rolls me a joint. We're at a parade, and I smoke the whole weed, the whole joint down with him. And he's a dealer, so he's got some good shit. And he threw, like, a shit ton of keef. He scraped the bottom of his grinder. He put it all in there for me. He was, like, doing you upright. He's doing doing me upright for my first time, because I told him I've never smoked weed before. He was trying to make sure you had a good experience. Exactly. And nothing happened. That happens. That's normal. That's that's the best thing that happens. So I've heard, and I also was listening to podcasts at the time. I wasn't, like, stupid. So I was, like, listening to all this stuff about weed and weed culture and things like that. And I wanted to get into it. I know that sounds so nerdy and so, like, but it's true. I was like, man, I want to get into what all these people are talking about. And so I smoke. I try to smoke. Nothing happens. I'm drinking, like, a pint of beer or whatever. Like, it's Germany. You're fucking drinking all the time anyways. Um, But I don't get high. And everyone's like, oh, you're just not inhaling. You're not, it's not working, bro. Don't worry. And the whole time in Germany, I try to smoke weed time and time and time again. I must have tried a couple dozen times the whole time I'm in Germany. Bong rips, blunts, joints, spliffs, with tobacco, without tobacco, fuck it, all this shit. I come stateside. It never worked? Never worked. While I was in Germany. The point here is that Germans have shit weed. Maybe. I was going to say, or you're not inhaling. Dude, I went to Amsterdam. I tried an edible in Amsterdam, it didn't work. I don't know what the fuck happened. I don't, I know, and dude, I don't believe it. Because this is how fucked it was. I convinced myself over this course of a year, weed doesn't work on me. Sure, I mean, I understand. I've met people where edibles don't work on them. And I've heard of like not getting high the first time you smoke for some reason. I go I've my, never heard of that many times. Dude, I go my high. entire college career not getting high. I go four years of college. I graduate. I move into an apartment in Boston. Now I'm living with four girls in a five-bedroom, one-bathroom apartment. Terrible idea. Never did this. Yeah, that's, that's god-awful. My roommate has an edible from California. It's 100 milligrams. It's a fucking hockey puck of a gummy <laughs> that's meant to be sectioned off. I'm sure it even said it on the instructions. I'm with my girlfriend at so the time. So that for anybody who's unfamiliar, I think that... In the medical states, they say that a reasonable dose is, like, a very effective dose is 20 milligrams. Yeah. So you're effectively taking five... If you're taking... Good doses. Five yeah. good doses, like Whopper doses. If you're getting high for the first time, a 10 milligram edible will push you on your ass. Yeah, you don't no, need 100 no. milligrams. Right? So I've never felt what it's like to be high. And I, I say this because at this very moment, I find out what it's like to be high. Because all these other times, I've been lightheaded, I've been coughing, I took a huge bong rip, and I'm like, oh, fuck, that was like... 
you're like experiencing oxygen deprivation exactly. for short periods of time and stuff, and you're getting some placebo. You're trying exactly, exactly. I'm like trying to convince myself, and all these you're not inhaling, you're not inhaling. I fucking ran a train on a blunt three times over in Germany, and nothing ever happened. I'm sitting there at the kitchen table. I I ate the whole thing. It tastes disgusting because it's a hundred milligrams. So you're like tasting weed. all yeah. the weed. I, I remember the color too. It was this like sickly blue color. Like it was like blue, like the, that computer screen blue. Ooh. I eat the whole thing. I taste all of it. I'm sitting there with my girlfriend at the time. Um, Shout out ex girlfriend. Yeah. So. <laughs> so glad you're not for me the DMT. <laughs> no, but. I eat the thing, right? And in my mind, I'm thinking, I took it as a gaff. I was like, weed, in my mind, weed doesn't work with my body. I convinced myself through no, just because of how many times I tried weed over and over it and over again. It was your experience. You, you weren't wrong. I literally thought, what you concluded. I have no receptor or whatever that part is that binds with it is broken. Like, it doesn't work. Yeah. So I take this edible and I'm sitting at the kitchen table eating a bottle or eating a, a bowl of ramen soup, like top ramen shit. And I have this joke about how, like, if you're sick, I have, like, a towel over my head and, like, the steam of the ramen is, like, some stupid joke about that. But I tell that joke seven times in a row to my girlfriend. And I'm like, hey, wouldn't it be funny? And then she's looking at me, like, blank-faced. She didn't take anything, by the way. I just ate the whole thing in front of her. And I'm just sitting there. And she's like, you already said that. And I, like, go to eat my ramen, and it's cold. And I'm like... How long have I been sitting here telling this joke? And then at that moment, dude, the thing I noticed the most, I cried. A single tear fell from my eye, and I'm like, it's, it's quiet. Like, I'm such a neurotic guy. I'm so fucking overthinking so all the time. chatter all the time. That I just stopped and realized everything was quiet. And then the sensation started coming over me. Like, the... I was like, my eyes are cold. Like, I was just like, the, you know, the, when oh, those, high as shit. the first the first time high feelings when you're like in those sensations. And it also just took a hot, I've never taken this much weed. I'm going to be frank with you. I've smoked a lot of weed. I've never thought that my eyes felt cold. Yeah, I've never so you, were, you Dude, were high as shit, buddy. So it gets, it, uh, it keeps unraveling. This gummy is like starting to digest inside of me. <laughs> and I'm sitting there with my girlfriend and she like takes me to my room, you know, soft lighting. <laughs> we're set and setting. We're going to be very nice. I'm in love at this time. We're still early in our relationship. Everything's fine, you know? And I, the long, the short, short story is I'm high for 48 hours. Hell yeah. Because I took, not, not hell yeah. I mean, I can't look her in the eyes because I'm like, you look as old as you possibly could be and as young as you possibly could be at the same time. I'm getting like tracer lights, like when you see old VHS tapes of like cop cars and shit. Mm -hmm. I start convulsing, like as I'm trying to fall asleep, I'm like, my world is spinning round and round and round. I'm like, oh, I don't know who I am anymore. <laughs> I'm like Hell losing yeah. my shit. The only thing that brings me back is a puzzle that my dad and I did back in like Massachusetts. And that's the only thing that reminds me that I'm even a person. I'm wow. like, I'm like, oh, that's, I did that puzzle with my dad. He like exists. that's a signpost in the fifth dimension. I'm real. Yeah, exactly. It was like my litmus test, but I had to call out of work. I, I, I was so high the next day. I was so sick too. Like I was so not, I was like toxified with how much weed was in my system. I, I was overwhelmed. And then I, even after that, couldn't get high from smoking weed. Only edibles worked. And so I would try, like, edibles from dispensaries. And then the first time I ever got high smoking weed was with this motherfucker during a podcast. And you can find it online. We recorded two halves of a podcast mm -hmm. at his apartment. We record one half. 
we go out for a little smoke break, and I always turn down weed. I'm like, nah, I don't. It's, it doesn't work. With me. It doesn't work. It doesn't. Meh. It just doesn't work with me. And our friend Mike, Mike Massaro, shout out Mike Massaro. It was his weed. I think. It was his weed was in a long I mean, it glass. Was weed, but yeah. yeah, I remember that it was White Nightmare. It was uh, Blue Dream and White Widow. Blue Dream and White Nightmare. White. <laughs> it was Blue Dream and White something. White. Black Dream and White Nightmare. <laughs> I felt like a white nightmare. Yeah. And I got high for the first time smoking. And so now I can get high off both edibles and weed. But I still, to this day, do not understand why it huh. took me so long to get high. Maybe I, I, I attribute the 100 milligram edible for, like, unlocking something in my brain. Yeah. Now, like, it was so much, my brain was like, oh, okay, now, now we... But. It's like, oh, hey, you did the thing, sorry. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally do not understand why. No one has ever had that experience. I've heard of people like, oh, you didn't... It doesn't work the first time, it doesn't work the second time. But, like, me, it was... I mean, I could put up like 50 times before I took that 100 milligram you're edible. Just a, you're just a, a perfect real life case study for everybody's different. Yeah, to, you know, I mean. To mm. say that everybody's going to have the same experience on drugs is clearly crazy. And I mean, you've and you've gone through the full spectrum of what it can do. You've gone from it doing nothing to you only getting high on edibles to you like being able to get high normally now. And, yeah. You know, who, who fucking knows? It, it's uh, it's fucking wild, but that was that was very psychedelic because it was like it fucked with my depth perception. Like my mm -hmm. feet felt like they were at the end of like a weather balloon. Well, you know the thing about uh, high dose THC and it feeling psychedelic is that it basically instigates the release of dopamine in your brain. That's what gets you high. Whereas LSD wedges your dopamine dumps open. Like, it's just, blah, dopamine, as much as, as much as it can until you hallucinate. And you are literally having a, a, a dopamine overdose when you're hallucinating like that. And so you can have a dopamine overdose through THC as well. Uh, it's just not as good at doing the thing as LSD, right? Mm. Whereas THC kind of tickles it to do the thing. LSD's like, you're going to do the thing for sure. Yeah, it's, you're gonna, we're going to wedge these receptors open, buddy. You're going you're gonna to feel the feeling. So is dopamine the only, like active ingredient that's tweaking anything in your body there's no other like peripheral like oh, I'm mechanisms a, oh, i'm certain there are all kinds of of strange chemical mechanisms that are happening on the back end where because i mean especially with something like cannabis there's you know a, a wild cannabis plant bro hundreds of different cannabinoids in there and, and mm. stuff going on so it's gonna it's gonna have a really really wide range and, and robust uh spectrum of mechanisms that it's interacting with on the back end for sure um, so we're just kind of speaking on Delta 9 because it's like the one that everybody talks about. But that's neat that you were able to have such a trippy experience on I uh, mean. on edibles. My brother had a had a had like a, a damn near psychedelic experience on edibles one time. But that's his story. I'll let him go on the podcast one time. We'll tell that. Did but, not feel neat in the moment. Let me tell you. <laughs> it yeah, felt right. Opposite of neat. I was like, this is not neat, dude. Well, this I'm glad you. I'm glad you made it to the other side. Yeah, here I mean, you are. You can you can go and smoke a joint, and things are going to be normal. You're going to be a normal guy. Yeah. So. Have you had any, like, big, robust psychedelic experiences? Like, anything that was profound, or uh, um, you ever have a bad trip, or you take too much? Like, what what, what are the... That's the thing with uh, shrooms. I've never had a bad trip, but I've been with people that had bad trips. The closest thing for me to a bad trip was, uh, I don't know if it was the first time or second time I did mushrooms. I was, like, 16 or something like that. Damn, he was young. Yeah, I was, uh... Young and taking mushrooms, bro. Oh, yeah. Did you, have someone, <laughs> did you have someone around who at least, like, knew what the fuck? Or were you just being an upper I was just, like, 
Uh, honestly, no. I had an older brother that was probably a bad influence when it came to things, but he wasn't even the one that got me into it. It was more so just like, I think maybe boredom and just friends with the yeah. friends with the right or wrong people. I mean, I boredom and accessibility can take yeah. you to some weird I mean, places. <laughs> so Listen, you're not gonna out weird me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm promise. not trying to. I <laughs> but I took a, I took a, an eighth of shrooms, right? Uh, I had the shrooms at 16. Okay, let's hear the story. At my uh, at my house, because like my my mom was always working. She was a waitress, so she worked mad late. So everyone's mm-hmm. always like, "Fucking poured it, awesome sauce, whatever." So like a handful of us took shrooms. A few of us left, and then me and my friend decided to go. I grew up in Connecticut. Yeah, like y'all the, both y'all both northern boys, huh? Yeah. Where are you from originally? Connecticut. Well, I was, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Connecticut. I was born in Mass. I grew up in like a town right next to Springfield. Same. Gotcha. <laughs> it's literally yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Born in Mass, <laughs> moved yeah. to Connecticut. But um, well, you guys, you guys, just a couple of peas. No, we're not gay. We swear, we're not gay. We're not gay. We're not gay. We're not brothers. It's just yeah. We're just we're here by choice. We live together. Y'all's body's y'all's choice. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. it's Texas. We're just trying to keep it weird. Yeah. <laughs> I co-sign, man. Right. We're 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 trying to keep it open-minded in this state these days, man. Um, I promise. We're we're turning a corner. We just got a dog. I'm just waiting for him to propose to me, and then we'll just move on to the next. We talked about this. All right, we're not, not, on, the, not, ready. not on the podcast. I'm not in a financial <laughs> place. <laughs> I want it to be a special day. I want it to be. A sp- <laughs> so I take an eighth of mushrooms <laughs> at 16 at your house while your mom's waiting. For you. Got it. Yeah, there. she's waiting. You're saying, and uh, and then uh, I got text. Your mom's like, I hope this guy left me yeah. a good tip. You're like, whoa, my mom's. Whoa, my mom's yeah. Your mom's just like. At work, trying her very best to provide a Yeah, no, for she's you, busting her fucking ass. At home she's busting her fucking out. ass, and I'm at home just out of my fucking mind. Just this guy's pupils like sausage. Hey, she wanted you to live a little. Hey, bit. I'm living my life. Yeah, I'm living my life. Little, I'm exper- so yeah. like anyway, a few people laughed, and me and my friend are just sitting at my in my kitchen, just bored out of our mind, and we're like, you know what? Let's go to the their card, the Harford Street Races. Just Harford, Connecticut. They had street races there. And, like, he, he drove, thank God. So we're fucking out of our mind. He drives his Integra there. And I'll never forget, like, the whole way there. I don't know if you ever have this feeling on mushrooms, but it uh, feels like you piss yourself. Is that just me? I've never had that. You've never had that? Mm-mm. I feel like you're, you're tingling down there. Well, so I get... Show me on the mushroom where did it touch I get kind of a... <laughs> I get a weird sensation. My mushroom got a little... I get a weird sensation in my legs, but it's like the feeling of needing to stretch. It's it's like so I it have, could have been a combination. It's like of I that. have the buildup of lactic acid in my muscles, and I like need to like, you know, just kind of yeah, stretch have, like, it out, you know. But I've never, I've never something. definitely <laughs> felt, I've never felt warm, cold, or wet. <laughs> Dude, I, don't know. I might have, I got cold. I might have like this problems. Guy's take a piss. Listen, guys, I might have actual problems. No, no, it's okay. Because of the this, doctor, this guy but... tried to get high for two years and wasn't able to get high. Yeah. You get high on mushrooms, you feel like you piss yourself. Yeah, well, so I'm like sitting, and I didn't want to bring it up. Sixteen on an eighth of mushrooms, bro. Shit's gonna be weird, bro. So like we're on our way to Hartford, and like it's like a twenty minute ride from my house, and I'm like in my head, I'm like kind of freaking out a little bit. Of course, like you're I on don't, the fucking road yeah. high on mushrooms. There's <laughs> lights. Yeah. You're in a spaceship. I'm about to drive into where cops regularly drive into to break up the race. Yeah. Regardless, so I'm freaking you're out. Driving to the fucking and like state. the whole time in my head while he's driving up there, this dude's this dude's like fucking doesn't say anything. He's fucking like a serial killer. He's like I'm hang, fuck, I'm driving up there with fucking Michael Myers. Just so I'm just in my fucking head the whole time, and I'm just going like this over and over, like <laughs> fucking. And he's and he finally looks over like, "What are you doing?" Like, dude, I'm sorry, but 
I think I pissed in your card. I think I pissed myself. <laughs> and he pulls... You were so quiet for so long. <laughs> he was so polite, this guy. He pulls over and, like, we literally get out of the car and... <laughs> I fucking... I, like... I check, like, to the seats and everything. It's not wet, and I'm like, I don't know why I did this, but I'm like, all right, just to make sure. I don't know why I did just this. Just to make sure, I pulled my pants completely <laughs> down on the side of the highway. <laughs> just to be like, all right, no piss. We're good to go. We're good to keep going. And uh, so I got back in the car, and we get to the street races. They're fine, but, like like I said, they always get, I don't know. I don't know. We're just trying to act like we're in fucking Fast and the Furious, basically. That's what we're doing. And, like, they always, like, cops always show up, and, like, everyone scatters. That's part of the fun. Like, you just drive away. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. been there. That's yeah, fun. so, like, I'm sure there's similar shit like that going down down here. Yeah, it's just, like. I went to Texas State Technical College in so Waco, was, and there was a bunch of gearheads up there. And yeah. There was a Valley Mills Drive in Waco, and it was, like. Known for being street races, I got to watch it. I got to watch an Evo roast a Lamborghini. Over yeah, it's it fucking pretty it's insane. It's, we're, it's we're great following, when you're following behind in a Mustang, and blitzed. they both left us. But you could clearly see the Evo was walking. Yeah. There's a lot less highways for y'all to get away down here, though. Like, but there's like, much more open space for you mm-hmm. to just gas it. That's like, you're gonna get the fuck point. away if you can get away. Straight away is like this. That's what I'm saying. You must have had a plenty of quarter miles because down there there was just like or up. There, oh no, say. bro. We had like, we had like a. It was realistically like a three mile stretch of road where it was straight and it was. Oh damn. And it was like three lanes on either side and a middle median, and so it was a big road too. So it didn't really matter. Like, there was always room for it to go down. Yeah. But I don't mean to digress from your story. You're, you're high on mushrooms. You're white knuckling your way to where the cops are. Thought he the, pissed himself. Oh yeah, thought, thought he pissed, pissed myself. And uh, made your buddy pull over the side of the road. Yeah, because I thought I pissed myself. Piss. And then anyway, so we get to the uh, the street races. They get broken up by the police, and then up by the uh, the cherry tops there. And we're driving down. We're driving back to where I, my house, right? And he gets pulled over while we're both <laughs> yeah while we're while we're both tripping balls and like. I don't know how you guys feel when you're like I feel bad, but at the same time I'm like, at least it's not me, you know. Like I'm not the one <laughs> driving. When you're the passenger, when you're the passenger like, like don't get me wrong, when you're the passenger in the car, it sucks. But at the same time, it's like I have way less responsibility right now. So I'm like twisted and. <laughs> so now I'm <laughs> he's like, myself. "Hey man, can you grab license and registration out of the car?" And I'm sure you've all seen Super Troopers. Well, I'm, like, looking at, like, I grab his shit, and I look at, and, like, he's looking at me dead in the eye, eyes, like, fucking pupils, like, saucers, I'm, like, dude, as the cop's walking up to the car, like, I'm freaking out right now. <laughs> <laughs> I said it, like, in a joking way, just to fuck with him a little bit, but I was, like, we're both freaking the fuck out, of we just course, got pulled over on the course. highway. High on mushrooms, you're, it's going down for real <laughs> And, uh, and he just, I mean, I'm more, I don't know how he pulled it off, but he basically just, like. He was white. Yeah, he was, he was, well, first of all, he was white. He was there white. We go. He had the hard H in the white. He had the hard H. Now, you, young man, you a white man? Or? And uh, he just got a speeding ticket. He just kept saying, like, oh, we're... I don't even remember what his excuse was, but, like... We're high like, shit on mushrooms. <laughs> not <laughs> well, you boys. I, I couldn't believe... I couldn't believe... I thought for sure we were getting arrested, and... Uh, but we were white, and he gave us... <laughs> <laughs> he gave us a ticket. And we gave him a speeding ticket, and I was just like, all right, well, take sure. it easy. And that was, I think, either my first or second time on mushrooms. Probably my first, honestly. Somewhere around there. <laughs> That's such a wild experience. Right? Yeah. How, how neato were, like, the lights bouncing off of everything whenever they had you uh, I, was, I mean, my heart was when it was racing because, like, it was, it was luckily just one cop car, but he pulled up and did the whole, like, 
flashlight in your eyes thing, and I thought as soon as he did that, he's gonna look at our fucking eyes and be like, oh, you guys get the fuck out of the car, you're obviously wicked fucked up. And he wasn't, like, my buddy somehow hold this, held his shit together, and, uh, I mean, he was shaking like crazy, but pulled it off, like I said, you know. I'm glad that out. I'm glad that you enjoy mushrooms. Uh, I have, I believe, a similar thing going on to what he has going on with weed with mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, DMT, LSD, mescaline, and pretty much any... Mescaline, what's mescaline? Mescaline's the active ingredient in peyote. Mexican mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Oh, oh man. It's mescaline, is that synthetic, or is it... So the mescaline that I had was pure synthesized mescaline. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't take a peyote mash to throw up. I was like, I'm gonna. I got guys with chemistry degrees. No reason to go and eat plant matter whenever you can yeah, get. Yeah, because peyote's like a little. I heard it's like a little button on a cactus. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's like found the, in the southwest. It's like the polyps that grow on on cactuses. Um, Damn, who found out that that gets you fucked up? You Native can also, Americans. You can also literally go to the Lowe's. <laughs> yes. And buy a San Pedro cactus and brew tea with it and drink it and get high on mescaline. Yes, there's, there's about an active. You said a Lowe's. Is that a Lowe's? Tyler, Texas, or Taylor, Texas? Literally any. Is that where the Mexicans are? Any garden garden center, bro. Any any Home Depot or Lowe's is going to have San Pedro cactus. San San Pedro. Yeah, and San Pedro cactus has about an active dose of uh, an active dose of mescaline per foot of plant matter that you can harvest. And so, you so how go, many cactuses do you think that's about to get fucked up? I mean, you could go buy one big one, or you go buy like four small ones. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's all right. You can also buy a marigold seeds, I believe, uh, or uh, there's some type of seeds that you can buy that you can extract and water extract LSA, which is a, a derivative, like cousin of LSD. So like the Delta Eight of LSD. Yeah, and you can you can absolutely like drink that tea and get lit as fuck. I've done a bunch of weird drugs, guys. But the point that I was working towards is that I've had some of the most robust psychedelic experiences that you can imagine. And so whenever I go to take a couple grams of mushrooms, I hear someone talking out there. No one's ever here at this time of night. That's so wild. Good for them. Someone's actually up here enjoying themselves. Wow. Would have never expected that. What time is it? Nine. What day is it? Thursday? It's nine o'clock on a Thursday. We got... How much peyote you got in your system right now? I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna respectfully under. I'm gonna, I'm gonna respectfully plead the fifth. What were we talking about? Uh, you were talking about Lowe's getting you fucked up. Yeah, you're talking about oh, and all going to Lowe's to get yeah, really high. All the, all the all the funny little drugs you yeah, can these, synthesize. There's actually a spot called Garden of the Ancients in Austin where they specialize in growing plants that possess entheogenic substances. In them. You don't strike me as the kind of guy that would be on Instagram at all. Like you don't trust the algorithms. But have you seen those like Instagram ads? They're really pushing this. Like at least on mine, they're pushing a lot of like magic mushroom mail it to your door spore bags kind of thing yeah i keep seeing like things that i'm like what law did they just pass that i'm allowed to see this now well so here's i keep seeing like k treatments mushroom treatments so that's always been legal you can always sell spores they've always been legal to sell it's almost like how you can legally sell weed seeds but you can't grow them Mm. just like you can legally sell uh spores but you can't legally grow them you see what i'm saying they can sell you the spores to the most potent psychedelic mushrooms on the planet, but the moment that you inject them into some vermiculite, you're stepping off into felonious territory. It's a lot but, of but, syllables there. Sorry. 
said felonious. That's where he lost me. I heard vermiculite, and I was like, all right, this guy knows what he's talking about. Uh, yeah. Felonious. He lost me at Spores. I just started thinking of that game. Uh, Last of Us, you ever play that? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Those are the spores you don't want, but the spores you do want. You don't want to breathe in those spores. We also don't want to breathe spores at all. It looks like a pretty mind-blowing experience. Yeah, it's Uh, it's literally have your head going pussy face. Uh, Yeah. We also don't want to breathe in spores because I've taken maybe a mouth. So you, (laughs) so you've never gotten high on mushrooms. So I have gotten high on mushrooms, but I've never been able to create a robust experience with it. Like, you know, I don't know if any of you guys listen to some of the people who've spoken on these things regularly, like Terrence McKenna. I've heard it secondhand through Joe Rogan. So. Yeah, so exactly. He's like one of the OGs in the in the psychedelic mushroom space, and he would talk about taking five to seven grams and having these heroic experiences. And the last time I took mushrooms, oh. I took eight grams of mushrooms. Jesus. And my buddies both took, one took two and one took three. And uh, they were both satisfied with their psychedelic experiences. You didn't feel heroic? No. It never even was enough for me. I to, a hero. <laughs> it, it was. It was never even enough for me to like feel like it was rattling my cage at all. You know all what right. I'm saying? It was like very mild, very chill. Like it was fine. It was. It was pleasant. It's not like I didn't enjoy myself, but I've certainly never had any type of experience on mushrooms that was so robust that I was unable to stop it. Right. Whereas mm. I've had mushroom. I've had LSD experiences that were coming on, and it's like. There's nothing you can do, you know. You're you're getting your ass kicked by it, and I've I've never had anything like that with mushrooms. I've never had anything like that with. I've had some pretty good experiences with mescaline. DMT will jerk you around. What's your strategy like when you are on that like situation where you're like fucking holding on to your life? Do you like for me? I just have to keep reminding myself like, it'll end. I'm on drugs. I'm on drugs. Or it's it'll end. But you don't like, know what I honestly do. I go to my I bedroom mean, and meditate in silent darkness. <laughs> oh, silent darkness. Didn't you say you had a friend who did that? We were just like sitting in the room in the dark. Yeah. And you like tried to go up to him and like say something. You're like, no, leave me alone. That's the way you want it to be. No. That's, but, the, that's the way you want it to be. You, so the thing that makes it, the thing that really takes the psychedelic experiences over the top is whenever it's happening and you're in the dark and you can't open your eyes and grab onto something to orient yourself. Hmm. Right? Like, you start having a really, really robust psychedelic experience and you start thinking that it's too much and you don't want for it to jerk you around anymore. You'll kind of open your eyes and go, that's a table, I'm here. And you start looking around and you, and you orient yourself and you cling on. And you cling on to reality the best of your ability. And I like putting myself in a situation where there's nothing to cling on to. Yeah. Damn. So you're already through the other side, man. Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've had some pretty ridiculous uh, psychedelic experiences. One time, me and my cousin tried to order two hundred dollars for the hash, and two hundred dollars for the LSD showed up, and so we did it all. <laughs> Wait, yeah. now what's the rate? Uh, maybe it's like ten dollars a hit, and a hit like a window pane. Yeah, or a, a gel pack, or a a, 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 a sweet tart. Sweet tart. I usually get mine on sweet tarts. Sweet tart. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. See, I've, I've never done acid. My <coughs> little brother did. He said he'd done it once and only once, and then he doesn't want to do it again. I've done mushrooms. First time I did mushrooms, I didn't know I was going to be doing <coughs> mushrooms that day. That's fun. In a suburb in Atlanta from a black witch. Um, African-American witch. My bad shit. Synonyms, buddy. We're not going to give you two hours on. I mean, I don't mean black <laughs> as in her magic was black. I mean, she was... True. I was attracted to her. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> that was... Beyonce wish. That was actually... The best mushroom experience, honestly, was the most memorable. Was the one that we, the giggle fit that we had when we were here visiting for a week. Oh yeah, that's the first thing we did when we visited the city. We popped mushrooms. I I put them in like a p- pills, like a, fuck. I forgot the name of the vitamin. Then I put the echinacea. Put echinacea. We went a year not knowing what that was, that was pronounced. We always thought echina. We kept yeah. saying, like, echina. So it's I was all sketched out about bringing them on the plane, and then, like, I just, like, grinded them up and put them in pills and put them in, like, an echinacea. Echinacea? Echinacea. Echinacea bottle. Good immune booster. And that's the first thing COVID. we did. Well, the first thing I did, I should say. You were here for a day or so before me. But yep. we just popped a much, bunch of mushrooms and just walked all across Austin. That was fun. That was a good time. We split. How much was it total when you bought it? I think it was only, like, four, five grams, maybe. Four or five grams between the two of us? Yeah, so it was like maybe I didn't, grams each, something like that. I didn't get much visuals out of it, obviously, no. apart from like the fringe lighting and things like that. But we took them, we were in West Campus at an Airbnb. We split them up because the pills only look slightly different once they're in the echinacea. I'm not leaning. I just realized I'm not leaning. Am I not leaning enough? Buddy, you're, I've, been, I've been periodically checking the audio and you've been coming in great. You've actually got the easiest job because whether you're looking at him or you're looking at me, you're like pretty much oriented yeah. out of You're talking right, in the direction right. of a mic. I'm thinking too much, but yeah, no. no, you're great. Now they're kicking in. They put it in the beer. <laughs> Everything's got a layer of LSD. Everything has There's just has a set of dust. Yeah, it's like, bro, <laughs> you touched you touch As soon as you turn that doorknob, DMT, <laughs> yeah. in your fingertips. This is some MK Ultra <laughs> shit, bro. This is what the CIA used to bring whores in here and fuck you into a high but we took <laughs> you you know you read books um no but we uh midnight climax we took we split those and for me the my, i don't know if this is the same across all spectrum of psychedelics but environment changes will initiate a new level or a new chapter of the high mm. so we're walking around and we're like they always the the white old wives tale is like mushrooms and orange juice and the orange juice will like help but unlock it's a lot it. of wives tale it does help Supposed to enhance that. Yeah, so I've got a, I've got a buddy. Actually, uh, this, this neuro root here. Uh, this is basically a, a cannabis enhanced uh, on its uh, alpha brain. Are you guys familiar with alpha brain? I've what? actually bought that. Uh, yeah, so so that's going to do the same cool. thing, except it's got caffeine. You know, alpha brain doesn't have caffeine, so we put caffeine in it, and then we also added CBD to cut out the jitters. So you get that real nice kick in the ass from the caffeine. Then you have the lion's mane mushrooms, the tunaparians. But the bottom line is what I'm working towards is that the buddy of mine who makes that shit is a, a literal mad scientist. Like he's got a master's degree in biochemicals and biochemical engineering, has formulated over a billion dollars worth of supplements, like is a gangster with it. And uh, he absolutely swears by, uh, it's citrus. It's citrus that does it. Mm. Not necessarily oranges. You could do lemons, grapefruits. Grapefruits have actually the highest citrus. I fuck with that. grapefruits too. Grapefruits are really good. And also uh, black pepper extract. Will also en- enhance your uh, will enhance your psychedelic experience. Sounds like a breakfast with some grapefruit juice and mushrooms might do me good. But yeah, so we we go to get orange juice at the Seven Eleven on Guadalupe, coming out of our Airbnb and West Campus. And the moment we enter the Seven Eleven, because we're kind of like, I'm kind of feeling it. Come on, I'm kind of feeling it. The moment we step into the Seven Eleven. It's just yeah. giggles up and down. <laughs> it's just like just trying to find a Tropicana bottle is the funniest thing. Was the AC too? Oh, it was yeah. like a hundred degrees probably. So it's like and we visited in July last year. Yeah, and uh, so you guys visited in July of last year. Yeah, yeah. but you guys are staying here now. Yeah, we live. Yeah. So how long have y'all been staying in Austin? Nine months. Like, End of oh, January. Y'all are new. 
New, new. Yeah. Guys. Well, we're veterans compared to most comics. I don't know how yeah, much like you see with the comic scene. Oh, everybody's but. new. Everybody, everybody's new here because Joe. Oh, I've been here three weeks. I've been here four days. We love it. Everybody, like the true, the true. We thought that was like the law. Like you're supposed to move here. Yeah, the true dope locals love y'all. Like it, every, there's plenty of room, plenty of space, plenty of money. It's all cool. Um, but yeah, if you guys ever need anything, y'all give me a holler. Either of you guys text me. Like I've I've been I've literally was born in Brackenridge Hospital in Austin, Texas. I've been here my whole life. I know everywhere. Like I know every everyone, everything, everywhere. Like you guys ever need anything, y'all guys give me a holler and I can certainly get y'all plugged in. Like there's yeah, any type of hospitality that you guys are missing out on currently. Drugs. <laughs> Come Christmas time. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, you guys know the offers that were made to you off camera, the moment you walked yeah, in the yeah, door. Yeah. Like, we've, we've already went to the furthest end of the spectrum, so anything between here and there is going to be low-hanging fruit. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah, you yeah. guys are going to be easy to take care of. Do you ever so, um, experience Molly or oh, yeah, Ecstasy? Oh, yeah, I have. You've done both? Oh, yeah. Which do you prefer? I always ask people this. Well, so if it's I'm not if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> ecstasy and MDMA are the same thing. Ecstasy was well, ex- apparently just, that was ecstasy was just a branding of MDMA back in the day. It was I heard like, ecstasy uh, was cut. It was, it, it was like a street. Well, no, it was a street name. Apparently, for MDMA. Molly is supposed to be pure MDMA, and then ecstasy is cut with a bunch of it, crazy it's either shit. it's either amphetamine or, or heroin, right? It's oh, one yeah, of, one that's of what they're so cut with. The yeah, so is. I uh, yeah, I've definitely done some pure Molly. Uh, I had a buddy who, uh, man, I won't say his name because he is What's a felon. <laughs> um, but he walked around with a backpack, and uh, he pulled out the biggest crystal of pure MDMA I've ever seen in my life. Really? It was in a mason jar, and I found this it, in a cave. <laughs> it looked like I mean, a bunch of little boys in there. But I it, was, this. it was a, it was a, it was, it was a beautiful experience. It was the most, it was the most MDMA I've ever, I've, I've ever seen in my life at once. Huh. And uh, yeah, I literally got broke off really nice off that, and uh, did it all. Yeah, yeah. So melted, melted my brain, melted my brain real good. Yeah, I, 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 I asked like like too much Molly ecstasy. And most people like. Molly more than ecstasy. I mean, it makes sense. It's not cut with anything, right? Yeah. Well, no, I like X. Ex- yeah, yeah, it makes sense that more people. I just like the whatever the fuck they're we're putting in ecstasy at the time, like the little elephant fucking pills. Oh, just bees me knees. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. they like when I did Molly, it was like it fucked me up, but I felt like a zombie more so than when I was on ecstasy. I felt like fucking just ready to. They probably put some amphetamines in there. Yeah, well, yeah, that's probably what it was. Now you the, prob- the problem for me is that anytime I was ever doing those drugs, I was in like ecstatic rave scenes, you know, stuff yeah. like that. This was whenever I was doing those drugs. That was way before I had my psychedelic awakening and I chilled out into like the character y'all see now. Like I used to be crazy. Like, I used to be a fucking madman, and so... What were you doing, man? Uh, stuff that I literally, to this day, am still not entirely comfortable about talking on camera. But That's fine. Uh, That's fine. It's we your were, podcast. We were, so, First time for anything. So, I mean, the, the, the shit that went down in college, man, the shit that went down in college was crazy for me. Uh, the, the guys that I moved into college with were selling cocaine. I was 17. I didn't know what I was doing. The first friends that I made were like the guys who were the sons of the owner of the biggest full titty strip joint in Waco. So I'm Wait roommates with cocaine dealers. Full Best. titty? Oh yeah, full. Is pussy. that like a quality popping pussy? Oh, pussy. Mm. Okay, I was gonna Sun, say is that a quality pussy? Sunny's BYOB off the loop in Waco. You can go see asshole tonight. Um, <laughs> is that 
on a billboard? <laughs> you could see asshole tonight. <laughs> that's, just, that's just your boy. Give him a shout out, man. Damn. I was there. I saw it. Waco's kind of been at the center of some wild shit always. Oh, bro, Austin. Even pre-ATF. Yeah, Austin, uh, Waco, people don't know this. Waco has the highest crime rate per unit capita in the state of Texas. That makes sense. Yeah, there's a lot of crime that goes on in that state. And they got an artificial uh, surf waves, so. That's neat. That, that's there for the Baylor kids. Yeah. There's. It's so funny because the whole city's super poor except for Baylor. And the whole city's economy runs off ripping off Baylor. It's basically New Haven. Mm. It's like With there's Yale. literally, I swear to God, you can go a block in any direction off the Baylor campus and there's just criminals waiting for the night so they can go and steal shit from the Baylor yeah, campus. Exactly. New Haven. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. New Haven in Connecticut's the same way. You got yeah. Yale and then the Yale kids and then it's New Haven. Everybody else who's trying to steal yeah. from them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's Baylor, dog. That's <laughs> Shout out the Baylor Bears and Waco, dog. <laughs> yeah. They're not doing great things for the economy. <laughs> but. Hey, they're for the sub economy of stolen bikes and shit, I'm sure. I saw a lot of crazy shit in college, guys. I did a lot of... So, wait, you went to Baylor? No, I went to Texas State Technical College, oh. which was where all the poor boys went, and all we did was go and try and fuck Baylor chicks. That was, like, the thing to do. What's the batting average? Good thing to do. You think Baylor chicks snuck off to, like, slum it with the Texas Tech kids? Is that was the vibe? I like, think my dad's going to hate me for I this. Think, I think, like, the more covered in grease you were and the more musky your balls were, the more they were attracted to you. Huh. Really? Damn. That's some yeah. real born and bred shit right there. Yeah, well, so you got to understand that all the all the girls going to Baylor are, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a religious school. Mm. Sort of like Bible thumpers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're trying to fucking and so, thump that fucking yeah, and so the, booty, like dude. the bad boys from their hometowns were like the the meth head knuckle busters. You uh, know what I'm saying? So they they would come out and meet the head knuckle busters. You know yeah. those old <laughs> knuckle busters, the old <laughs> guys who twist wrenches, work term. on cars and shit. That's what I'm trying to say. Like uh, the, the, the gearheads really? who are doing crank and. Uh, Wow, I just love that term, meth head knuckle busters. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a fucking triple A baseball team. <laughs> We're the meth head knuckle busters. Oh, I'm going to tell you all right now. Uh, toothless Terry. Guys, I can literally talk for hours about the type of dumbass shit that I'm talking about. I got the SWAT team called in on me when I was in college. Well, I think it's an interesting uh, anthropological study of southern trash versus northern trash because I feel like you two would have a lot to talk about, especially yeah. in the different. The, I'm sure we had a couple knuckle busters up in Connecticut. We yeah, just no, go by a different name. Busters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call them Tri Town Sauerkraut. The Venn diagram of like that. Yeah, dude. So yeah. The, the, the typical term would be a meth monster. Meth, meth monster. That's what we refer to down here. Meth, meth monster. <laughs> Not a lot of amphetamines up north. A lot more horse, mm. more opioids and shit. Definitely more opioid, opioids, yeah. yeah. More meth, just good old-fashioned run. Fucking pussies. I know, dude, yeah. meth. I mean, there's to, crack and who, coke, who, but Who, who wants not to meth. do opiates and sit in their bed and do nothing when you can do methamphetamine and go work for somebody? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> meth is a working man's drug. Meth it really is. A working is. Man's drug. Uh, the way that I got introduced to meth, uh, I, have a, <laughs> I have a buddy. We all do. <laughs> his name is Clark. Shout out Clark Dancy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. this guy's apparently not a felon. Shout out his name, but he's a good guy. He's got kids. Real picky choosy with the names you're shouting out, huh? He's a good guy, yeah. I don't mind shouting this fella out. Uh, I I I powerlifted with him in high school. I worked with him overnight at Whataburger for a spell. He doesn't... Uh, he's no, dead. No, 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 he's alive. (laughs) And uh, he he actually got me pointed in the... He got me linked up with this guy named Wesley. Jesus Christ. His name was Wesley, and he was a meth monster. Yeah. This guy had like a big five hundred dollar bong from Grav Labs mm. that he would smoke meth out of 
Mm-hmm. And he had a meth pipe hooked to it, and he would fill <laughs> it. And he would fill it with Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> he would smoke his meth That's out of like a, wait, a bubbler, um, or a like bomb, a, a bomb, like, like a real life bomb. Or like he would fill it with Gatorade, so it tastes like Gatorade when he's. So it didn't taste like fucking burnt meth. plastic, yeah, right, yeah. or whatever. That's, meth that's clever. Like. It tastes I like never glacier even blast. And that guy would yeah. go. That would go, That guy would go work in the Fruit warehouse punch. for seventy hours with a, a kick. week, just gritting his teeth the whole time. Yeah, dude, I worked in a. Yeah. I worked in a mill. That's a. Warehouse a little easier, but like mill, yeah. yeah there's some meth heads in the mill. I mean, I figure if you're gonna go work seventy hours a week in the mill, you might as well, right? I, I've yeah. never understood the draw of meth because who wants to who wants to take a drug that's gonna make them work more? Like I'm trying to escape. Yeah, them. meth was created by the Nazis, mm. so or at least they did it a lot. I uh, guess tons of chocolate. I guess I guess the idea is that if you're gonna have to be working, might as well. You, you know? might as well be high when you're. Like, I, I take mean, pride if in my you're work. on the I like schedule, you might as well be on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You're so clocking that, in, that you're knocking off. Just, you know. They've just relinquished that. They've just accepted the fact that they're going to have to work for the rest of their lives. Yeah, so they're just okay. doing what they can to True. make it better. They just kind of let meth take control of the wheel. Yeah. At that point. Plus, if you're going to work, that's exactly what happened. That guy, I'm certain, is in prison to this day. Yeah. Well, I mean, that will happen. But. Yeah. If you're going to work, you might as well enjoy working too. I'm sure oh. meth makes it more fun to work, even Palm more harder. Right there. How long have we been on the pod? Just about an hour. Just about an hour. Yeah. Well, shit. That's probably that's probably an all right enough. I mean. I feel like we didn't get to talk about near enough. There's there's so much fun. bullshit that we need to talk. Uh, I, I definitely think that we're gonna have to get you guys on the podcast I ain't got in, shit in the future, man. Uh, I think it'd be fun to do once with you guys individually. It'd be fun to get you guys back in the studio together. And like I said, you guys are new to town. Mm-hmm. I'm your guy moving forward. Like I I can get y'all hooked up with anybody anywhere. I've been I've, I've been here, and I, I'm happy to help out. Right, like I don't think there's enough people like me out here who are willing to put themselves out there and go out of their way to help out new folk, and that's what I'm, that's all I'm really trying to communicate is I'll go out of my way to help you guys. Y'all are sweet dudes, I'm new to town, I'm getting your legs under you. We'll get where we're going together. Oh my God, thanks, Josh. Yeah, oh my God, that's such a sweetheart. <laughs> but so, before we get too fucking gay on the podcast, why don't you guys both one more time uh, shout out to the camera who you are, where people can find you online. And, you know, if, if somebody wants to support you, mm-hmm. how do they go about doing that? I'm Austin Apostle. I do comedy. And you can find me on uh, Instagram at Austin Apostle. Give him a follow. Give me a follow. Uh, Gage Morrow. Weekly Wiper. It's my heart and soul. Follow us on the Weekly Wiper on Instagram. But if you could, theweeklywiper.com. Join our mailing list. Fuck Instagram and its algorithms. Join the clan. Join the cult. Don't join the clan. That's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we got the purple dragon. We got the purple dragon in the no, studio. No, no. Wait until last time. <laughs> last minute. Theweeklywiper.com. Mask fell off right at the last minute. Join join our uh, mailing list. I hate algorithms. I hate Instagram. Let's just, just a thoughtful email once a week on Wednesdays. And uh, it's a zine. Read it. Enjoy it. Get a couple chuckles out of it. Or read a fifteen hundred word essay about the downfall of Boston. Your choice. Their OnlyFans is coming. They're yep. gonna be knuckle busting and finger popping each other's assholes on camera. Just a couple of meth monster knuckle busters. While we're wearing here. socks, so it's not gay. <laughs> it's not gay it's when not you're gay wearing wear socks. socks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At any rate, everybody, that's an episode. That's a wrap. The ones who woke up podcast. This is Joshua Austin. Awesome. What was your name? What was on? Gage. You guys take it easy. Thank you so much for stopping in. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. I gotta piss again. Oh, oh yeah, oops. the seal has been broken. The seal oh, okay. cycle restarts. He did some, uh, he did some mushrooms. Dude, that's mushrooms. Do you make the piss?
I have a sealed 